Hello, welcome to the Thursday, March 16th, 2017 edition of the Science and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. A large number of Twitter accounts did post pro-Turkey messages this morning, apparently due to a compromise of the Twitter app Twitter Counter. Twitter counter can be used to create statistics for specific Twitter users, but of course, in order to create these statistics, Twitter counter will ask you for access to your account. Now, Twitter counter uses OAuth in order to accomplish that, which is of course the standard for Twitter, which actually sort of helped a little bit in this case. Apparently, what happened was that someone figured out to use these privileges that Twitter counter had with its customers to then send tweets. Now, once this became obvious, Twitter counter was able to revoke its API key, which of course did remove access to the attacker. Another advantage of OAuth, of course, is that this particular compromise did not affect users' Twitter passwords themselves, just the credentials they did negotiate with Twitter counter. Now the service is down at this point, uh, not really sure when it will be up again. I guess they first have to figure out what exactly happened and how to fix it. But uh, lesson learned here for anybody using a social network and using OAuth, it is important that occasionally you do review the applications that do have access to your account. And of course, if you sign up with a particular application, make sure you don't give it access beyond what it needs to do its service. Not really sure why Twitter counter had access to post tweets on the user's behalf that shouldn't really be necessary in order to just collect statistics. But I haven't used luckily this service in the past. So I'm not really that familiar with it. And Checkpoint found an interesting vulnerability that affects both WhatsApp and Telegram. Now, interesting in part because both of these applications are end-to-end -end encrypted, which of course makes it somewhat difficult for the operator to filter content before it reaches the client. Now, this affects the web-based version of these applications. And the problem here is that if I transmit a file to a user, it's not supposed to be an HTML file, but it was possible to bypass the filtering and then smuggle an HTML page to the user that's being displayed inside the Telegram or WhatsApp HTML page. So it will have full access to local storage. Local storage is where these applications will keep all the users data. So now an attacker can, for example, use this trick to upload JavaScript into the WhatsApp or Telegram HTML page that will then read out the local storage and send it to the attacker. This can lead to a full compromise of the respective application. The attacker has access to contact lists. The attacker will also be able to then send messages to these contact contacts, which of course could allow this malicious document to spread even further. 
Both applications fixed the vulnerability as Checkpoint reported it and before details were released. Now, given that these two applications made relatively similar mistakes, there's a good chance that others, of course, have made the same mistake. And as part of yesterday's patch Tuesday, Microsoft fixed a URL spoofing vulnerability in Edge that relied on internal HTML pages being served by the browser as part of the malware warning. There's a page, an HTML page blockside.htm that's stored on the system. And if a site is considered malicious, that content is displayed. Basically the red page that you may have seen that tells you that this particular website has been reported as unsafe. One special thing here with this page, the URL bar is also reflecting the URL you intended to go to, not this blocksite.html file name. Now, the old vulnerability did rely on a simple URL escape where the dot in blocksite.htm was escaped with a percent to E and that bypassed the filter and allowed malicious sites to display the block site page with arbitrary URLs in the URL bar. Microsoft fixed this particular issue in Tuesday's updates, but like all blacklist approaches, it's relatively easily bypassed. The latest exploit that's still working in Edge just uses error pages slash slash blocksite.htm in order to load this page. So in short, the exploit is still working. Not really a huge deal in my opinion, but it allows you to make it look like arbitrary websites are malicious and unsafe. And today on Thursday in the afternoon, Ed, Mike and myself uh, will do a webcast uh, with sort of an extension of our RSA panel. So if you're interested, join us. Uh, I'll put a link up on the Storm Center website sometime tomorrow or Thursday morning. Well, uh, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.